Welcome to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with our host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary is provided by Kate Hassett and Jackson Delisle. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Influence Factory, where we are here to educate, inspire, and entertain you to your next level of business influence. We have an amazing guest coming up today, Jeff Conway, who has interviewed all kinds of actors, Kevin Hart, Robert Downey Jr., and a whole bunch of other cool people. We're going to hear about stories about how he gets appointments and interviews and how that works in the business world. So we're real excited about him today. Kate, how are you doing? I'm great. Hey, you have a sore throat today. You need to take care of that. So we're worried about you. I'm sending you (laughs) healing vibes. Everybody send Kate some healing vibes and healing. Yes, I've been drinking tea all morning. So a switch from my normal coffee, trying to get it, trying to get it together over here. Yeah, there you go. There you go for sure. And uh, Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I have my Red Bull. I, you know, so still looking for that sponsorship from Red Bull. We'll take it. When they plug. This is their new flavor. It's delicious. You can get it at like Walgreens or CVS, whatever. You <laughs> it's I, I'm not sad. They don't pay me money. I just say this stuff because I say it. So, and because right. I drink it. And I love that background. It almost looks like the one Kate usually has. <laughs> yeah. I'm at Kate's desk today. <laughs> Looks good on you. Officially the news desk. All right. Jackson and I are going to be uh, heading out to California right after this show. We're going to be at the gathering in San Diego, and we're excited about that. We'll do some uh, Facebook Live and some. we'll do some interviews out there and bring back, and we'll be with a whole bunch of business moguls and advisors that are flying in for what they call the gathering, and it's a pretty cool event. Uh, If you're in wealth management, financial services, and all that stuff, it's always a cool gathering or group of folks. Uh, also, Jackson's going to send out a link that allows everybody to get on the waiting list. We have some exciting new courses and classes uh, that are coming up, and we want to make sure that each and every one of you get to be part of that. <clears throat> and then, Kate, if people want to uh, join us on social media as they want to do, what's the best way for them to talk to us? So um, really anywhere where you like to social, we are there. We'll be live tweeting this on Twitter. You can follow us at Get. Jack using the hashtag Influence Factory. We're also on Instagram and LinkedIn and on Facebook as Social Jack. And if you are part of our Facebook Business Influencer Alliance group, we have Emily in there interacting with you. So don't forget that you can watch this live, get the recording or watch it live right in the Facebook group. Yeah. And we were just talking with Jeff, who we're going to bring on here right after the news uh, segment, that um, what's interesting is television as we know it is changing. So um, I know we're, Jackson and I are flying out to California. We're meeting with some uh, internet TV groups and, and we're seeing a whole quantum shift where now Facebook even has a mini series coming out. And I've been watching uh, probably some of the best sports updates that are summaries of games that were doing Cubs games. They were, they've been doing Bears games. Uh, uh, some of the best uh, TV quality broadcasting I've seen on Facebook. So we are seeing a whole shift in our world and we're part of that shift. So as the world shifts, we're going to shift with you. So as you see us shift, we're broadcasting live on Facebook, we're broadcasting live on YouTube. This becomes a podcast on at least eight or nine channels, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, So we want you to know that we're here supporting your influence, but we're also learning with you. So, you know, we learn along the way too. And that's part of what makes this great. So in the world of news, we have some LinkedIn news uh, that may not be new to some of you, but Kate, what's the skinny on this whole thing? 
So LinkedIn just recently changed some things. And and what's interesting is that this happened back in November and somehow it slipped under the radar and we didn't even really notice it until we needed it. But they made a change to where you can't export email addresses from your contacts. So this one through in uh, back in November, they made the update and they removed the ability altogether. Very quiet about these new features. And so what it does is it defaults to blocking users from exporting all email addresses. Most people didn't even know about it. So if you want to find this feature, what you can do is go into settings and privacy. And there's a little part where it says, who can see my email address? And that's where you access it. So what this means is, is that you're not going to be able to export your connections email addresses anymore unless they've changed this default setting, which obviously not a lot of people even really know that it's there. So there's a couple solutions that we found around it. And there's a couple tools that we found online. But if this was where you were getting a lot of your leads prior, you know, going into LinkedIn and exporting all of your contacts, email addresses, it's kind of taken this away from you. Yeah. And I see Barry and some of our clients that are on. So uh, we are providing this as a service to our clients because some of the tools can be pricey. They can also be challenging because if you use certain tools with LinkedIn, uh, they are... um, they are uh, sort of suspending your account. So it's, it's, it's not just buy it and get a tool and do it. There's a whole art and science. And Jim Catalano, I'm laughing at his comment on the air here. Jim, we love you. Uh, we missed you, man. Happy New Year. Um, and then, uh, yes, and then Miriam's like, oh, my gosh, it explains why I can't get these email addresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say that, you know, we see LinkedIn – rolling out new platform updates and stuff. And they're very open and, you know, with everyone about it, promoting it. Hey, watch out for these new updates. And then there's some of them, like when they switch the layout of the profile and you're like, wait, hold on. What happened? Who moved my cheese? (laughs) Exactly. So like there's some times where they are very open about, oh, this is what we're doing. This is, these are the changes we're making. And sometimes they're very closed off about it. Like with this, you know, or e- even with the LinkedIn uh, live streaming service that they are uh, coming out with. In, beta it's, testing. Yeah, they're, be- they're in the beta testing phase of it. So uh, they're very open about it. They're letting you know, hey, this is what's happening. We're just doing it for a select few people. And then you're like, wait, hold on. What happened in November? And right. now uh-huh. we can't export the email addresses unless people go in and turn on those settings like what uh you know Kate had said and the only real workaround and it's not even guaranteed but mm-hmm. unless you're using a third party uh tool or uh service of some kind so and if you do they might suspend you so it's like crazy yeah. how, how the average user doesn't know what to do and i think that's the most insane thing so well i, mean, I have a LinkedIn conspiracy theory that they're going to add this feature into sales navigator or linkedin premium that's why they've done it they took it away from the free users and they're going to roll it out as a as a paid feature at some point because we know linkedin likes to do that so right. that's, that's my theory yeah, I, I was thinking that too. Look at this. We got Jeff Conway coming in early. Look at that. <laughs> hey, Jeff, you can pop in on our news. Well, My apologies, ready, I guess. We're almost ready for you. You can stay in the green room. We'll be right back with you. Okay, sounds no good. No worries, man. Um, so, uh, so super quick um, on this, I talked to some people at Microsoft and Kate, I think you're spot on. I don't think it's a conspiracy. It's actually a plan. Jackson and I purposely went into Navigator this morning and said, is it in Navigator yet? And it's not, we couldn't find it in there. So, and there's no yeah. documentation like usual with, you know, LinkedIn. Right. And, and the only option that LinkedIn, you know, gives you to do it through LinkedIn is filling out a request form for specific data, but still it's not guaranteed. You got to fill out this form. What data are you looking for? And all this stuff, what are you using it for? And then they have to review it, be like, yeah, you can use it or no. And odds are they're probably going to go with no since if the user said they don't want uh, their email address to be exported, then I really don't see a, you know, a workaround through the LinkedIn platform. Okay. You know, you know who I blame it on? Who? Snowden. 
So I think it's his fault. So <laughs> it's, on, the, it's, on the other hand, though, I think that it's fantastic because I always wonder how I get on all these email lists all the time. And I didn't even know that this necessarily was a feature until I became really active on LinkedIn. So I, I, on the one time, it's, you know, it's annoying to people who are using it for the right reasons. But on the other hand, we have to understand that that's people's privacy. They don't want you emailing them and just opting them into emails. Do you know what this means? It means seven. It means seven. Seven. I have seven email addresses registered with LinkedIn. You know how many Uh, spam I get at all seven? You're correct. Millions. Uh, Well, and, and, and that's a, that's a big part of the article that we were talking about from TechCrunch. It's, it's, they said that, you know, since the user has to choose, but it automatically defaults to no, you can't, um, they're like, you can select a TS, but that, that's what like direct quote, what they said. They're like, but there's really no reason why anyone would want to give out their email address to a, you know, just all of their connections. Cause like, yeah. I mean, especially if you've been on LinkedIn for, you know, quite some time and you're connecting with people that you're meeting, you know, you might have over, you know, 2000 X amount of uh, connections. It's like now these 2000 plus people have your email address and they can just put you on a list. Right. So, and, and I think that's the thing. I think privacy, we're going to see a lot, a lot more changes coming just with, you know, everybody interacting and there's more governance around it and, and hopefully for the better and the protection of all of us. Cause I hate having to get a new credit card every four months, which seems like my new average. Um, so things like that, where things are getting stolen and things are getting hacked and uh, you know, I'm getting ransomware messages and it's just crazy. So, uh, you know, so if you're one of our users that are listening, please chime in. What's your point on privacy? Is it, you know, are you happy with the fact that they're starting to suppress it? Are you angry with the fact that it's not as open? I I'm sort of curious to where people stand on this as well. Um, so Kate and Jackson, so we have a process that we teach people called scagging. And this is just our quick power move uh, session that we like to talk about. Um, so, um, as a power move, a lot of times we tell people, you know, scagging really stands for going to your connection, scanning their network, connecting with that person, which is the C part of scagging, and then asking them for a referral. It's a real simple movement that we do in social selling. We do it in our business influencer development program. And it's a process that, that we teach you that's rather simple on how to get uh, uh, an appointment. Where people don't follow through is that they don't get, and that's the G part. So we want to make sure that when you're asking for a referral and somebody doesn't get what you don't get one right away, uh, and as you're making the specific request out of their network, don't hesitate to get. And Kate, I think far too many people give up at the ask. You agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, if I was going to change it, though, I would add, I would change it to scarging and would add the R for respect (laughs) because I also have had people ask me for a referral and I have to say like, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know that person that well. You know, they're in my LinkedIn network, but we don't really interact. And I've had people kind of get a little angry with me and say, you know, like, oh, well, I want the referral to this person. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable making that referral. So if I could even, if I could even pro tip it and make it scarging, I think that there's a respect level in there too. Scarging. Well, don't forget what comes ahead of this is the relationship part. So R also stands for relationship and what yeah. we So you need to be in relationship and rapport and you're not allowed to skag unless you're at a relationship level three or higher in our system. So good call, Kate. You have to be in rapport, relationship, and have respect. Those are the three R's. So I love that part about that. So awesome stuff. All right. Well, I think it's time to bring our guest on for real. Uh, he keeps uh, peeking around the corner. So I think it's time for <laughs> And us. I'm back. <laughs> right on, right on. So He was like uh, waiting. <laughs> this week's guest is uh, entertainment journalist currently based in Chicago. Uh, we love him. Uh, he's, his focus is interviewing A-list celebrities creating original thought-provoking media projects, which, you know, he's going to tell us a little bit about. 
interviewed Robert Downey Jr., Reese Witherspoon, Kevin Hart, John Travolta, Amy Schumer, Ryan Gosling, and began his career in entertainment television show on NBC in Chicago called 24-7 as the sole producer and on-camera correspondent. So, Kevin, welcome. Love having you on, man. Yep, Jeff. You called me Kevin, but Jeff. Yes, yes, yes. I know. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Kevin Hart here. So, you know, I got Kevin oh, Hart. Hey, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Hart's a bigger figure than me, so I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you so much for having me, Dean. Thank you, yeah. Jackson, Kate, and Social Jack. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you got it, man. And so, you know, what's funny is you and I were just talking and you and I uh, like connected at an event and I I don't know, I forget which one it was. And I'm like, man, I swear I know him. And someone's like talking about you and introducing you. And then we met and we're like, and and I don't know if we had ever met before, but, and I was like, yeah. how have we not met before this? My thing is Chicago is such a great city because it's huge, but you know, and I think a lot of people out there know that Chicago is so well knit when it comes to the social and business scene. Um, that it's crazy when we're not connected because we really do pass each other in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I, I told you, I'm Jackson and I are flying out to California. We have a show and a bunch of meetings coming up with uh, influencer platforms and groups. And then you're heading out to the Oscars, right? I am. I leave tomorrow for LA. I'm going to be there for Oscars weekend. Uh, I went last year too, and I was mingling with like Viola Davis, Susan Sarandon, Mark Hamill from Star Wars. It was just like the most crazy thing. And like, I had to be professional and like not get my selfie stick out every five minutes. I'd be like, wait, <laughs> don't do that. Be the professional you're supposed to be, but it was so hard not to. And, and this is funny. Cause when you and I were talking, I'm like, wow, Jeff is like me. It doesn't matter. He figures out how to get the gig, how to get the interview. Uh, we're relentless. And, and yet there's technique style and finesse about what we do as well. So, yes. um, so, you know, we were talking earlier, too, with the crew is uh, the Oscars ha- are hostless, right, this year? Mm-hmm. They are. So what do you think about that? It's it's like, you know, their yeah. viewership has been going down. They had a blowout with Kevin Hart. And uh, what's your take? Yeah. On so I got to interview Kevin a few months ago for his movie Night School. He was in Chicago promoting. I got to interview him. And he was a really great guy. And so the reason why he did not get the Oscars or why he went against, you know, taking the uh, – the redeeming, yes, you can do it now. And he was like, nope, never mind. I don't want to do it. Was because I guess about, you know, eight to 10 years ago, he put a tweet out there that was, you know, seemed to some people as like homophobic um, and a little bit controversial. And he, they were asked for him to apologize to it. And he said he wouldn't apologize to it because he had in some aspect, in some capacity had done so. And my thing is, I do wonder, we live in a very uh, social media time right now in a very Trump era, whether you are on his side or not where we're very opinionated. We, we show yeah. everything we want to say. It's raw, it's out there, but people are also hurt very easily in today's times too. It's very easy to offend no matter what you say and how you say it. The way you phrase it can immediately just blow up on you when you didn't even mean it that way. Um, so you have to be very careful. So I have a tough time with this case because I respect that he didn't feel like he needed to apologize because this was eight years ago. It wasn't brutal. Um, but at the same time, I think in a way, if all it took was a quick apology again, just respectfully give that apology. Be like, you know what? I am a supporter of the LGBTQ community and, you know, let's move on. Let's all enjoy the show together. That was the way to do it. I think uh, he had a little bit of a high horse that he was like, you know what? Nope. I don't need to say, I'm sorry. I, this was eight years ago. Shame on you guys for making me have to say, I'm sorry for saying for so long ago. Yeah. And that's interesting. Cause even with our business influencers, we coach them, on, on, um, you know, taking the high road, right. Or, mm-hmm. or, you know, this is their brand that they're putting out there. So the minute, and we've seen this happen, we could, we could go, we could spend a whole show on all the people that have shot themselves in the foot about making a wrong statement or a wrong social media. And we could tell you on the business side that we've had so many cases where people come to us and say, how can I take this off the internet? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, uh, Jackson and I were listening to Mark Schaefer's uh, recent uh, book that, that we're listening to it on the way in called Marketing Rebellion about how today's consumer, whether it's television, business, whatever, they're in control. The buyer's in control. They're dictating what happens. We talked about shows that got canceled and shows that came back because mm-hmm. there was a social media uproar, right? There was Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine and Timeless and some of the other ones. And this is a whole new world. It is. And it's exciting, though. I think it's really people interaction. And actually, the networks are listening to the people because if enough mass and numbers comes out there, they will actually listen to the viewership because it's good social media when it's being talked about. Love me or hate me, still obsession. That's how I see social media. 
if you love the person, you hate the person, you're still talking to them about them in a tweet, you're still giving them the notoriety. Yeah, right. And, you know, that happens to all of us at some level, right? What they say, uh, any PR is good PR. And sometimes yeah. I disagree with that in today's world. Yeah, I, I think now there's a little bit of a fine line. But still, hey, eyeballs, talking is talking. We're saying Kim K, you're still talking about Kim K. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, so I was laughing because we're in Chicago and the Cubs have had some recent press as of late. And then, you know, there's just all kinds of sports controversy going on as always, right? In the, in yeah. And I'm a Cubs fan, so it's hard to listen to them saying it's going to be a tough year. I'm like, nope, you can't predict. Let's let them play. Let them play ball, and then we can have a, like a judgment opinion. Didn't we have 102 tough years or something like that? 108, 108, and then we won. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I was, I was a season ticket holder for part of those that weren't so tough. We made it to some divisional playoffs, right? Okay. So. Yeah. But 2016, <laughs> 2016 was the glory year that I will live on for the rest of my life. I know, I know. Same here. Hey, where were you when the Cubs won the World Series? I was in Chicago. I was watching at my, I have a twin brother, actually. I don't know if you know that, Dean. Yes, yeah. I saw that in the notes. I was going to ask you. Yeah. I, mean, I thought Ryan Gosling was your doppelganger. So no, he's, actually, he's actually a triplet. My mom lost him in the womb and he went <laughs> off to Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I have a twin and he lives down the street from me. So I was watching with him and my parents, my, my sister and my nieces. And we literally ran to Wrigley Field. As soon as it ended, we just sprinted to Wrigley Field after. It was awesome. Jack, Jackson and I were working. We had just produced a show. We were leaving the studio. We were in Streeterville at the time. We sprinted down the street. I called ahead to Hooters of all places and we got in and we got two bar stools in the center and watched it there. And then the minute they the rain delay came out and they won, we we called uh, we we either hailed a tag or jumped in a taxi or jumped in an Uber and went straight to Wrigley Field and just uh, five and everything. I mean. Time of our life in the city, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so uh, so in this, you know, you've always been, like I said, you know, I'm known for uh, getting appointments, referrals, and, and that whole game. And, and to me, you know, you getting these A-list actors, um, sometimes it's, it's whatever it takes to do that. And I think you're, the best story is the Robert Downey, Downey Jr. story about you getting that interview. Can you just take us through yeah. that? Yeah. So um, this was back in, I believe, 2014, 2015. And Robert Downey Jr. was coming to the Chicago International Film Festival to talk about his new movie called The Judge. It was a smaller indie film, great film. Right. Um, and I found out that I got to interview him. And I had like an email saying like, hey, do you want to interview him? I'm like, oh my gosh, Tony Stark, Iron Man? Yes, of course I want to interview him. <laughs> and so I was so excited. I told my production company and they we didn't have the camera person for that night available. And I could pay for it myself. I could find a freelance, of course, because I do have those fortunate connections. But I also was like, I'm at the pay a decent person for a quality camera because you do you 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 get what you pay for, and that's right. just the bottom line. You do um, editing, videography, whatnot. Um, and I want to make sure I got a good person. So I want to make sure I could pay enough. But I had rent, and you know, I only got paid so much at the time. And so my grandma, who lived on her own, and she was adamant about paying for someone to clean her place because she's too old to move around herself, was looking around for someone. And I just like spoke up. I was like, Grandma, I'll do it for you. And so I, she's like a 90-year-old woman, and I am cleaning her toilets, washing her floors, dusting every room, vacuuming. And I got you know a couple hundred bucks out of it. And I used that a couple hundred bucks to pay for that freelance camera person to be hired. And I did the interview and it turned out to be an awesome interview. So like, and I say, and I, I posted on LinkedIn recently, the story, and I shared it for like the first time, just I feel like people can really relate to that. You know what I mean? We all act in social media, like everything's always glorious. And I, I mean, I try to show only the best parts, but I think it's these vulnerable parts that really show that we are human and we're still hitting the pavement. And there's something exciting about that. There's no shame in that. There's excitement to show how far and how well you'll go and still like keep your pride and your, your positivity throughout it. So I said in the post, I would wash that floor again. I would clean that toilet again gladly if that means I don't miss out on an opportunity. Because for me, that's building my resume and building my career. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. When I was first, I had my first um, company. I had left Merrill Lynch. I'm about 22 at the time, and you know, I was I was uh, it was a it was a technology company, and we were programming and stuff like that back in the early days, and then. I wanted to figure out how to get business. So I would go in and I would wake up super early and go into these buildings and they all had, you know, the security guards at the desk. And I would go in and bring breakfast to like security guards up and down Wacker. And I would do whatever it took, uh, you know, and, and just take care of all those people. And they would tell me when the CEOs were getting on and off the elevator and I would 
be able to conveniently be there when those CEOs were in there. And then, and or the administrative assistant was even better because she could tell me like their schedule, right? That's genius. So, uh, but like you said, it's whatever it took, you know, I woke up extra mm-hmm. early. And so I think a lot of times that people just, you know, see other people that are successful that are doing things and think, oh my gosh, you know, they're so lucky, but there's a lot of hard work that goes into getting some of this stuff, right? Absolutely. And even just with your story that you just said, we, I, I live for that. My brand is doing it the right way. Yeah. You know, yes, you, you, you bribed the security guard, but it was just by food. You were being a good person regardless about it. I was building relationships, Jeff. There was no bribe. Yes. I leave well, that for the politicians. <laughs> true, true. You were, you were giving them, you were nourishing their bodies. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, doing it the right way. I think there's always a way you have to do it the right way because in any, in any city, especially Chicago, Chicago's the number three media market. You really can ruin your credibility and ruin any wow, kind of number three. Number three in the country. It goes number wow. one's New York, number two's LA, number three Chicago, and we're proud of it. So yeah. you really got to make sure you are keeping a good reputation here because you can be blacklisted by doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, lying. You know, we see so many stories. Brian Williams yep. in the news lying about these things will completely ruin your credibility. Kevin Spacey, these 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 you know controversies really uh, change your whole career for the for the rest of your life. Yeah, I'll never understand that. We Jackson and I were talking about this uh, on the way in, and you know, in Chicago we have the Edison Russell controversy, things like that. And and I, by the way, I think he did an excellent interview coming out or on his way out of that whole debacle. Uh, but you know, forever be tagged. Um, but I, it always blows me away that people that are in a position of means, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's business. I mean, you have the whole Anne or not Anne, but Enron thing. You know, whatever it is. Um, and then, and then there's nobody that seems to be, um, helping them stay out of trouble or guide them a little better. I just, I, I just, um, it's hard for me to, you know, you know, what's your take on all that? Yeah. I just think personal branding is huge and consistency is huge. Even on social media, people, I found out recently, someone said that a way to get your Instagram numbers up as a influencer or just as a profile is to always use the same filter which kind of was like, really, as always, but I guess it just shows that people can rely on consistency from you where it's like, they, they see something like, oh, this is what I'm always going to get to see from you. I like what I see. I want to continue to see this. So even down to the filter makes them see that, you know, I can depend on the same quality every time. And I think that's really um, a little bit mind boggling, but in a cool, very cool way. So interesting. So let's talk about uh, personal branding. We help a lot of people with that. A lot of people want to learn more about that for themselves. So consistency is key. And and we talk about that too. So, mm-hmm. um, so what's your model in terms of, you know, as you're progressing here and, and you're continuing to grow, I was asking you, when's your book coming out? You know, we talked about <laughs> that a little bit. Yeah. So, well, I want a couple more years of, of building on your story. Yeah. Uh, What's your take on on how often you should check in on your personal brand, especially from a digital perspective? And then what's your take on on how um, how often you should keep that going or updated? Personally, I think you should check on your personal brand every day. It sounds wild, but every single day, because you could post the wrong thing one day, you know, you had a tough day and you're like, you know, I hate my boss. You're probably Facebook friends with your boss. So that was probably a bad year for one. But <laughs> now they're or, Snapchat, it. or Snapchat with your boss. Do not yeah. do that. So don't do that. So just watch what you're saying. Always keep that same branding. Like what I do with my branding is I show off my celebrity interviews. I show off some of my everyday social scene when I'm out at parties or hosting events. And I show off my nieces because I'm a very much devoted uncle. And I think I that shows, yeah. I, like to, I like to show off my humanistic side. I obviously don't want to put up my nieces too much because I want to give the respect to my sister, but they're a very big part of my life. And I think people can appreciate that human aspect where I do. I balance family life and I balance business life. And I think that's a, an admirable quality that I actually am proud of. Uh, so I think people appreciate that branding. Yeah, I do, I do too. And I um, and you know me, I put a lot of family things up there. And it's funny because... Um, uh, on my Instagram, I, I will show pictures. You know, we've recently adopted a few cats. We're big on rescue animals and rescue children. Not that Jackson's a rescue child. <laughs> we've taken in friends, you know, and things like that. So, um, and uh, and so growing up on the streets, you know, we've always been about, you know, helping those people come off the streets. And so I swore for f- 30 years that I would never, ever be a cat person and that 
changed when we got a cat in the house. And I was like, I was always a dog person. I'm like, and the minute I posted a picture of the cat on the keyboard, it like my Instagram blew up. I was like, oh, wow. What? what? <laughs> I mean, there are, there are so many cat enthusiasts out there. If you hashtag cat, you know, you get all those lovers loving well, there's, you. There's, ha- there's a million hashtags for cat. Cats of Instagram. I'm just like, oh, what? no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Cat lady, cat man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, yeah. So if you're having trouble with your Instagram numbers, check your filter, check your cat. Yeah. <laughs> if we give you two things today, please take those. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I would imagine that uh, Hollywood is, uh, we heard from Colin a few weeks ago uh, for our listeners. And, and so uh, getting these interviews is probably not like just a walk in the park. I mean, obviously for Robert Downey Jr., it was opportunistic and then you still had to scramble and pay to get that. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit how it is uh, just getting an interview. You know? Sure. Yeah. So this toughest one was, you know? Yeah. So there's two methods for me. So I have one, there's a marketing company in Chicago that gets hired by the universals, the paramounts, uh, you know, the Warner brothers and reaches out to me, which I'm fortunately on a list with other prominent media figures in Chicago saying, Hey, we have so-and-so coming to town to promote this film. Would you like to interview them? And if I'm available and I'm interested, I say yes. And they usually have either a red carpet or a press junket, which is what I call speed dating for journalists, where they just sit there the whole time. And we come in, we sit in the same chair across from them. We get the tapes from the crew that's already set up from the team. And then we walk out, the next journalist comes in. It's a really great process. And it's, it's a win-win because we make sure that we promise, and because we're on that list, that we'll give them that prominent media attention on television, social media alike. Um, and then also, I just have really, you know, well-connected myself throughout the years. I worked with the NBC Entertainment show back in the day called 24-7. They used to be on. I was one of the correspondents and the producer. And I've worked with a lot of other publications like Dan Uslan of Michigan Avenue Magazine. He had Megan Mullally and Nick Offman, husband and wife celebrity couple, in town for one of their covers recently. And I just learned that he had them coming. I emailed him as a friend. I was like, hey, would love to give you that extra attention for Michigan Avenue Magazine. So it's a win. It's a give and take. You know, they're going to give me the great opportunity and I'm going to make sure I really promote them well too. And there's a respect there. Yeah, that's interesting. So hopefully this sounds familiar to some of our students and, and our folks out there. We have something, Jeff, that, um, that I developed 20, 30 years ago from, from, you know, this organic natural street networking and we we've called it social teaming so if people google that they'll see all kinds of articles it's in universities it it has science behind it and what's funny is um to some of us it's almost like it was a survival instinct for us to be able to to be how we are with making connections developing relationships and you said something super key uh, which I call, you know, the mutuality or reciprocity function that that we're not in a relationship. This isn't one way. We're helping each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as you, you know, so can you take us a little bit about how you got to being this way and maybe, you know, people that may have influenced you to to become someone that gets it? Um, I mean, I just really, I hit the pavement hard. I was working with 24 seven and I wanted to show that I was a good interviewer. Not only was I interviewing celebrities and giving those good comments, but I got that rise out of them with the way I phrase questions and the way I got them comfortable. Um, and these marketing companies, they saw that. And since then I've really kept a quality relationship. I promote their films. Well, I promote their artists. I make sure that, you know, my presence is seen in a positive way from them. And uh, I just continue to make sure that I'm, I'm proving my, my worth. So even like uh, I interviewed Ryan Gosling, my, my other twin, You're back in October, my doppelganger. He said to my face, there's video out there, guys, go to YouTube. And in Jeff Conway, Ryan Gosling, you'll see it. It's on the web. Uh, so go to YouTube. Um, he says it. It's amazing. I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. It helps me so much on dating apps now. I can't tell you enough. <laughs> I'm like, if you can't have Ryan Gosling, I'm the next best thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, so I, I interviewed him back in October for First Man, where he plays Neil Armstrong in the biopic. And, um, I needed to make sure that it was going to go to TV because I promised it to the group that, um, let me do the interview. So my thing is that for me, it was more of a, po- a pride thing. I think there are some right. journalists out there and I'm not trying to, you know, assume, but I know some people would be like, Hey, I already did the interview. I'm good to go. Got the great experience. Yeah. I'll share on the web. But you know, I said, I get to TV, but things happen. I made sure that I got on TV the night of the premiere of first man came out. How did you do that? Um, so I work with a few different privately owned Comcast companies and I just made, just told them that, you know, I have a really awesome interview. Um, I know you guys have like a night show. Can I put it onto your night show for the, uh, 
the evening. And I think they, they were like, yes, of course, this is a great content. And my thing is, it's just being that squeaky wheel, you know, going at it with good intentions, showing them content that is worth showing and that you can actually stand behind with confidence. And really, I feel nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you but you. I really believe that. Yeah, that's great. And and uh, you heard my uh, lesson that I that I spoke about earlier. And I think this is the challenge with a lot of people in the business world is that, um, number one, they don't ask enough, right? Um, they, they don't make the ask. And number two, they don't have the intent to get, you know, and what I hear in your voice and your hunger is that you have the intent to get even before you make the ask. You made a commitment, which is super bold, like, I'm going to get this on TV. And some people, you know, don't have that intent because they're in it just one-sided for themselves. Yeah. And I think all good business relationships really are formed that way. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, and I think most people in Chicago, I was raised here. There is like a Midwestern values and authenticity yeah. that I feel Chicagoans that I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror. I want to be able to go to that party. And when people ask, what do you do? I can proudly say, you know, I am a journalist that is making some quality waves in the city. And it's, you know, not just words. I'm like, I'll let you see it. Um, I was even thinking before to this interview, Dean, I think it's very strategic for anybody in journalism business. If you're showing off any kind of project you've done, be careful on the way you phrase your post. Like, I think I do very good interviews, but I would never say in my interview, watch the best interview that was done with Ryan this year. <laughs> I would never write that. I think like, the, the proof is in the pudding. Let them see and let the, like, the work speak for itself. Yeah, that's interesting. And so we call that voice, right? So you have a certain voice to what you do. I have a, we have a, a great social media team here and we represent a lot of voices. And that's probably one of the toughest things is, is us helping someone generate or develop their voice to the world mm-hmm. and then having our team emulate that voice on a consistent basis with that person to help them get even deeper reaches into the internet. And so one of the things is, you know, I'm, uh, we just had this conversation internally and I'm always transparent about this is that, you know, there's times that when someone picks up and helps, uh, you know, with uh, putting announcements out there, I typically don't say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the one doing this. It's always like us, we together collaborative, you know? And so, um, so there was a couple of recent posts that went out and I was like, ah, that's not how I speak. And then we rally together and and talk about that. So I think one of the important things out there for people to hear is that if someone's helping you communicate with them, how you say things and make sure it's consistent, whether you're doing it on your own or you're doing it together with a team. You agree with that? Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Even when it comes to my shows, when they air on TV here in Chicago, I make sure that every production assistant, every camera person is put properly into the credits. And not only that happens, but then I reach out to them and let them know that, hey, this this is going to air on Friday night. Make sure you tune in. So, Because also it's good for them. They get excited. They tell their mom and dad. And honestly, it's it's good intention, and it's also just extra promotion. Now, they're telling their aunts and uncles, hey, watch for my name under the camera person this week. And, you know, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. I think, you know, I think it's the right mentality that I have, and it, it just it's, it's well-intentioned, and it grows the business, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we heard about successes. Let's let's dig in. There's had to have been a couple failures, right? So sure. I mean, we always want to learn from our failures. So is yeah. like you know is uh, you know is there anything you can share with us uh, that that just oh my gosh I can't believe that happened and then what did you learn? You know, I think it's always best. Like, what did we learn? Sure. So um, I, honestly, I, I I try not to see anything, and it sounds maybe very Gandhi to some people, but I don't see like myself as like I've failed in any aspect. There are right. some setbacks that have happened. I'm How did you learn and grow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I um, was with Twenty Four Seven, I was the producer and I was a correspondent, and it was on NBC Five, but it was privately owned. And what they did is they actually started working closer with NBC, the executive producers, and the show only had a budget to keep one producer, and I was the only producer. Um, and so they were bringing on someone from NBC that they wanted to work tighter and closer to the actual network, but they could only pay for one. So they had to actually let me go after a few years. And that was blindsided. That was rough on me. I was like, whoa, where's this wow. coming from? I've, I've not earned this. I've worked super hard. And, you know, but, you know, I was like, I'm going to still do okay. So I just put my resume out there. I showed the work that I did on there and I ended up going from three minutes on NBC to having my own 30 minute show on Comcast. And yes, NBC is a great network, but Comcast gave me some great outlets too. And I hosted my own show for about four years. I'm still hosting some work on Comcast. and I'm loving it. 
Um, and I'm, I still have good intentions too with those bosses that had to let me go. I see them all the time. We're still good friends because I'm not angry with them. And I think that's wrong to burn any bridges in this business, especially in Chicago. You know, hold your head up um, and work harder. One of my first, when I was at that, that show that I had one boss that was there for a while, the first thing she said to me as an intern was, Jeff, you're never going to make this, make it in this field because you're too nice. What? And I told her, and I told her, I'm going to prove to you that I can still be nice, but no one's going to walk all over me. And that's, right. there's a, there's a line between that. Um, yeah. And I've proved it every year. And I honestly, I can tell you, and I don't mean this rudely. I said, I make Christmas cards every year with the people I interviewed that year. It's great for marketing for me. It's a fun way to show off the great, happy accomplishments, excuse me, that I've done. And I send her a Christmas card every year. And Personally it's, signed. it's a little passive aggressive, but I'm just showing you that, you know, and I know she remembers what she said to me. And I'm just being like, hey, I hope you're well, but look, so am I. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I had somebody that when I was when I was first leaving, uh, you know, where I where I was at this particular time and I was starting my consulting business. And he goes, Well, you know, all consulting businesses typically fail, you know, in the first three years. And we've been around now for what, 17 years. So I was like, uh, so I'm I'm out there, so I don't need to do a Christmas card. I'm on the internet enough. So it's like yeah. congrat, you know, and, and I and I really hate when people post about, you know, and thank you for the people that do, but the work anniversary that comes up in LinkedIn, I'm like, mm. really, is this what we have? Is this what we've come to? You know, it's, it's bad enough. We get yeah. like, you know, a thousand birthday wishes from people we don't know, but now it's a work anniversary. What? Yeah. I, I don't know why it's my own reactivity, but then I'm like, yeah, thank you, everyone. We've been around for X number of years now. And so, <laughs> thank, thank you for sharing LinkedIn. Thanks for letting everybody know. Yeah, but, but I mean, there's that passive aggressive part of me that's like, I'm still here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Um, so, you know, you interview a bunch of people, a bunch of movies. Who's, who's your... Um, I won't ask you favorite interview because that might put you on the spot, right? But yeah. like, of your best pick of movies, like what are your some of your top picks? Because I I, always, I like to ask people that in our audience too, and you guys can uh, sure. When it comes to my interviews, I um I got to interview Channing Tatum, who was a big heartthrob for a lot of ladies, you know, and I got to interview him early on in his career. It was one of my first interviews with, and it aired on NBC here in Chicago. And at the end of the interview, uh, he had a mic on himself. He had to sit in a chair and he couldn't move. And I gave him like this surprise deep dish pizza because he's here for Dear John. And I was oh. like, well, you know, first love of, you know, this movie's all about first loves. Well, Chicago's first love I have for you. And that's deep dish pizza. And so he's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And so we want to take a photo, but he can't stand up to take the photo because he's so <laughs> tied to the chair. He, and he goes literally to me, I'm trying to show my knee right now. He goes, he's like, Go, sit on my lap. And I'm like... <laughs> Man, woman, child, you don't say no to Channing Tatum. You yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and so I sat on his lap. I have a photo to prove it to this day. And I, I joke because Magic Mike didn't come out for two years. I right. say in those, three, in those three seconds, I took that, I sat on his lap. I taught him everything he learned from Magic Mike. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, and he was a great guy. And he was an awesome guy. So that's why I really enjoyed that interview. Robert Downey was just such an icon moment. Yeah. Um, such a genuine, awesome guy. And we were super playful with each other. And after everything he's gone through, it's so nice to see that he can still have a modest, good conversation. Like he's so epic in Hollywood and to still be, uh, uh, engaging gentleman, uh, was super, uh, uh, astonishing and just exciting for me. Um, so everybody's been great. The one that was tough, I know we talked about this before was John C. Riley, who people may know from Chicago oh, stepbrothers. Okay. He actually went to Brother Rice. He's from Chicago originally. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so he was- well, it's funny because in the movie yeah. Kong, he makes he makes references of the Cubs in his yeah. cave, right? So he, yeah. he's yeah. like the days in there. So Yeah, so yeah. So he's probably a Chicago Cubs fan, hopefully, too. Yeah, he, he was. He was in town for a movie that was like a Columbine-esque movie where his son plays like a, a shooter in a high school. Um, and uh, he- was coming up to me and I was doing a red carpet and I was so excited because I've seen Talladega Night Step Brothers. For me, he's like the funniest man. So the first right. thing I said to him was like, oh my God, John C. Riley, you're the funniest man I've ever met or I've ever, the funniest man I've ever seen on, on the movies. And the first thing he says to me, he goes, oh, Jeff, I'm going to disappoint you right now because, and I'm like, and I went with it. I was like, well, because your movie's a drama. So tell me, why did you decide to do such a dark role? So I could see that he was trying to like kind of, you know, turn the interview on me. And then when I asked him, what's your favorite memory of Chicago? He goes, oh, I have a lot of great memories. If I asked you, Jeff, what's your favorite memory of Chicago? What would you say? And at the end of the day, 
my boss doesn't want to hear what I think of Chicago. We're there for you. So he's turning on me when this is not supposed to happen. Right. So I go, I go to the camera. Well, now my favorite interview of my favorite moment of Chicago is interviewing John C. Riley. He goes, Oh, that was a good one. So I always found a way to bring it back to him. I feel there is a skill there to be doing that. Otherwise some people would literally get caught and it would become a very awkward interview, but in the end it turned out to be a very fun one, but just, he made it a lot more challenging than I preferred. Wow. That's, that's good. You know? So, uh, that's, uh, I wonder if, I, I don't know if that would work on a job interview, but it might, uh, it definitely worked on your interviews. It did. It did. It worked out. So, uh, in the time that we have left, um, as I said, I'm, I'm going out and, uh, you know, we've had, we had social Jack uh, TV, we've had that on the air and things like that. We're in a, we're in a whole different world. You're going to the Oscars. They're going to honor a lot of pictures, a lot of movies, a lot of shows and music and all the costumes and the things that go around all the productions. And then there's going to be um, independent, right? There's always independent film. Mm -hmm. And now there's starting to be not just animated, uh, but they're also have internet shows now, right? That are oh, yeah, like streaming Netflix. Roma streaming. is on Netflix. Roma that's up for best picture and best foreign film right now. Uh, so what do you think about this whole new world? And I'm sort of curious with the folks that are live with us today. Uh, uh, I'm just typing in, how do you, how do you watch your, you know, how do you, how do you get your content for movies and shows these days? And then Jeff, what do you think, where are we going with all this? Where's it going to go? I think the reason why things like Hulu and Netflix do so well is because we are a generation now with the technology that we have and our phones attached to our hands that we, we as humans now expect immediate immediacy because we know that it's accessible. Yeah. So if we can't get it, if we can't watch all 13 episodes right now, they're going to be like, well, I'm not just going to show up every Wednesday night on NBC, ABC, Fox, you know, we're going to be like, I'm going to wait until I can binge it and watch it at my own you know, discretion whenever I please. So I think these streaming services work really well. There are people I know in Hollywood though, that like Steven Spielberg believes that these streaming services should not be able to submit for these award categories because they're not really films that are going to be put out by distributors and like a theater movie going experience. And I think there's a line there. I don't know what's right and what's wrong. Um, there's still films at the end of the day, but I, I know there's a lot of, it's a different generation now of how we watch and see our films. We used to be like, of course, you got to go see the movies. You got to go to the movies to see the movie. Now you can watch it on demand at home at the same time people are going to watch it at the movie theater and watch it for less at home. Yeah, and it's funny. I have a I have a 16-year-old daughter at home and I've I've seen some movies that I that I feel are pretty bad productions. But I think about like Blair Witch and things like that, even from a production value perspective, it's yeah. funny how it's almost like the world has been flipped upside down, you know, and you could yeah. put it in many categories here between uh, production value or distribution or method of consumption. But at the end of the day, I think we're in a, in a new world and, and Mark Schaefer writes about the fourth rebellion that we're in right now of consumer uh, where the consumer and the buyer are in control. And I think the interesting thing is um, um I, you know, I, I'm going to be shocked to hear what I hear when I go out to California and I'm going to be sitting in this meeting with these folks, but they already have independent stations and independent uh, distribution channels that are going on that I've never heard of, like, like mm -hmm. not Hulu in those, but, but like, and I told you that Facebook all of a sudden is now going to have a program. Facebook mm -hmm. has like a program, like a Netflix has a program. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a different time now for me as a journalist, for actors out there. We used to only have the options of being on NBC, ABC, CBS, you know, 30 years ago. Now there's a lot more options, which is, you know, exciting for, though for a lot of journalists and a lot of actors, et cetera, and creative fields, filmmakers, because now you have outlets where it can really get out there now. Back in the day, we were kind of put into like five different, you know, networks. And now we have endless ones. So I think actually it's a very exciting time that yeah, people are being able to share their, their work. And there are now endless opportunities to do so. Obviously, some on more levels than others, but either way, it's getting out there. I mean, just YouTube alone, it's pretty incredible. Well, and didn't, uh, wasn't it, uh, uh, they, when I was out there a couple of weeks ago with the influencer group, they were talking Justin Bieber and some of the other folks. And didn't a lot of those uh, original uh, you know, musicians even get their popularity or their, or their reach and their energy from YouTube, right? Yeah, some of them got discovered on YouTube. And because right. of YouTube and because they use that outlet to be the way of their vessel of being known and, hey, see me, look at me, see my talent. 
Um, that's the way they got on. So without YouTube, some of these stars that we see now today, there are these A-listers would never even be here. So it shows how big technology can play a role in that. So what's interesting about this is we have a lot of business listeners, people that are business to business in the business world. And, you know, whether it's television or your accounting or your financial services, doesn't matter. It's it's still a business world. One of the big things that you uh, mentioned early on, I was like, well, how did you get this interview? And one of the consistent things is you talked about, well, they they know me and they trust me. So you've become known, right? Mm-hmm. And in our influencer program, we're like, uh, hey, listen, we're here to help you get known within your network. And so there's a certain reach that knows you now, but let's go beyond that, right? There's mm-hmm. a whole nother piece beyond that. So how do you attribute continuously expanding sort of that reach of who knows you? I think it's consistent branding, but also not getting too comfortable. Yeah. I think sometimes you can, you can kind of be like, Hey, I've made it. I'm, you know, people in Chicago know me, but and I love Chicago. Chicago is amazing, but I've already been working with several projects beyond Chicago. I'm working on a reality show right now. That's being shopped to major networks. It's called mobile home millionaire where they flip mobile homes. That's cool. um, yeah. And my, really wife will, my wife will watch that guaranteed her. And yeah. Her. Yeah. We've had amazing feedback because it's a really awesome concept. And it's about an American dream family that wants to give the American dreams to other people that can't usually afford it. So it's a really genuine story that I can get, I can get behind. And I'm proud to be a part of. Um, so it just, you know, not getting comfortable where you're at. There's always room to grow, especially I'm 32. Now there's a lot I want to do in the next 10 years. Oh my gosh. You know? Middle age. Holy smokes. Yeah. Man. Don't even don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm moisturizing like dude, crazy. Dude. dude. I'm not even going to tell my age on the year. You guys go on Facebook and calculate. You, so. you don't look a day over 37 and a half. <laughs> Thank you. I pre- That's what I love. About you, man. Um, so I, I was going to, uh, you know, if, if you were here, I'd hug you, but I'll hug you the next time I see you because I'm like, did he read my book? Because one of the things we talk about is, you know, sustainability in, in success, right? And, and sustainability of being known, getting known even, even by more. And we call it, we call it the, the system scouting and drafting, but that's really what you're doing. Just like a championship sports team, you don't get comfortable with the team on the field. Even if you're going to the World Series, you need to think about finishing strong this season, but the next season. And so one of the, mm-hmm. one of the most incredible things that you just said is the fact that, you know, you don't get comfortable mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. you can't, and, and you can't rely on your network, not changing. I mean, this is the crazy thing. It's like, Oh, I've got these top five referral sources. They'll just be here forever. And I'm just like, no, they won't. Things happen. Yeah. Life shows up. People change. Yeah. But I think and to that, Dean, I would say don't get comfortable at the same time though. If you do have responsibilities with companies, contract or not, while you're looking and while you're expanding though, don't get lazy with the groups you already have. God bless. Yes. That's huge. Yeah. Cause people will notice that and you'll burn bridges or you'll get fired earlier, you know, while you're still creating that dream. So also don't lose sight of the work you have in front of you right now, yep. but just once you're done with that work, then maybe later in the night, now you can focus on the ones you're looking to achieve next, but don't lose sight of what you have right now while you progress. Right. And then keep a, keep an open or beginner's mindset that when you meet new people, you just never know where that's going to lead and mm-hmm. appreciate the fact that if you commit to being connected to somebody and following up, and I, I'm even of the, of the, of the space anymore that when, you know, I see you at networking events, especially with these premieres and stuff, you know, yeah. and I always laugh about these things, right? The business card. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, I almost get to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm just going to tell you, I'll probably send you some marketing content, but we're probably not going to meet again. It just doesn't feel like a good fit. And I, I really, maybe it's just because, you know, as I get later in life, it doesn't feel, it just feels so out of match that I'm just, sure. I can't help you. And I don't really expect you to help me, but I appreciate if you want to take some of our courses and you want to do some things with us and you want to learn and grow. But I really am, am now getting more careful and making sure like, if I say we got to get together, we got to get together. Yeah. I think, I think that goes with business. It goes with relationships. My thing is, I don't want to waste your time nor mine. Right. That's just the way to go at it. You know, if there's something here, then that's great. Let's see what we can do. But if not, you know, let's not just play this, you know, this cat and mouse game. You know, if it feels like there's not room to grow on either side or I can't help you, you can't help me. Let's just, you know, maybe I'll see you around. It's really great to meet you. But, you know, let's not play that little tag game. Right. No, this is, this is awesome. So, uh, 
So any, um, any shout outs you want to give out there to mentors or people that motivate you or people that have been there for you, any shout outs that you want to give out there? Well, I want to give a, a mutual shout out uh, to a mutual friend of ours, Ken Monroe, who I work oh, yeah. with. I'm the, I'm the content editor with Chicago scene as well. Jackson uh, calls him, Jackson calls him uncle Ken, just so you know. That's, <laughs> well, then uncle Ken, uh, he's awesome. And Chicago scene guys, you guys can follow Chicago scene at, at Chicago scene on Twitter at Chicago scene mag on Instagram. You can follow me at, at Jeff Conway on Twitter at Jeff underscore Conway on Instagram, go on YouTube. You can find Jeff Conway, Chicago. You'll see all my stuff, but also it's Jeff Conway, C O N W A Y. I can't tell you guys when you guys go to Google, put my name in, they think you, I'm Kanicki from Greece and taxi because it's <laughs> Jeff Conway. He has extra a in his name. It's not uh, me. I am different. He is actually past and deceased. I'm still here. So it's only me. So Jeff Conway. Still here, alive and well in your 30s, your middle age. Yes, early 30s. Come on, early come 30s. On. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you're, you're not even in the first. You're not even through the first chapter yet. This is awesome. So good to hear. Um, so, uh, so you're going to be at the Oscars. Uh, so have fun uh, at that. And what I want to do is bring uh, Jackson and Kate on. This is the part of the show where we want the audience to tell us what they learned, and then we love to hear what Jackson and Kate picked up from you. So awesome. Um, so Jackson, what did you, uh, what did you get from, from this interview with Jeff? What did you pick up on personally for yourself? Personally, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I think the, the biggest thing that he said that really resonated with me was uh, one of the last things he mentioned was the um, just not losing sight of what you're working on. You know, you, plan out, plan it out, but don't lose sight of what you're doing now because that'll only, you know, hurt you because you're just going to be focused on, oh no, and you're missing things. And so you have to stay focused in the moment. That's a big thing for me is just being present in the moment. So I, I like that a lot, you know, staying focused on what you have now and not worrying about it until you get to that point. Yeah, it's great to it's great to aspire and it's right to aspire to things, but also don't lose sight of the responsibilities and the commitments you have right now at the same time. Because you yeah, can lose yeah. your credibility before you even achieve those later things. And, and yeah. it's all about integrity. Once that's broken, and you, it's really tough to get back. So, uh, and then we're going to have a couple winners that we're going to announce here because we like people that engage with us because we know it's the secret to relationships. So, Kate, what were some of your big takeaways? Um, I, I mean, I just love how authentically true to yourself you are. Um, and I think people who interview other famous people might have a tendency to get lost in that, but you don't. Um, one of the things that really stuck with me that resonated with me was that when Dean said, when are you going to write your book? And you said a little bit, you had a little bit longer to go. Um, that sticks with me so deeply because people say that to me all the time. Like, you know, when are you going to do this? And I'm like, I'm a little longer to go. You know, I feel like we're in the same boat where it's like, I know who I am, but I'm still working on my brand and, and working on it. And I want to be able to more reflect on the things I've done than write them in, in present time. So I love that about you. I love your story. And I I mean, I think it's really easy to look at you on social and be like, oh, he's got it all together. But it's helpful to maybe hear that you don't and, and know yeah. live in the same yeah. place. We're just hardworking humans trying to make the best of ourselves, you know, as business yeah. and just as humans. We're human first, business second. It is. Yeah. And I always, I always laugh because you mentioned the hard work ethic and the integrity and the wholesomeness of being from Chicago here. And then when we go to California, I, sometimes I think, wow, you know, people, you know, people look at California people and they'll make judgments and things, but I'm like, man, are we too over the top for them sometimes? You know, my, dude, <laughs> my buddy will be like, whoa, dude, calm down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you guys will notice in San Diego, I'm sure you will, but in LA when I was there last year. I love LA and I could see myself living there and working, but there is a different mentality. There is a natural hospitable nature that we have yes. that many of them do not have. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that goes to our advantage. Sometimes it's off-putting to some of them, but to the ones that really like that engagement, then they're like, wow, this person's actually like looking me in the eye and they're actually intrigued to talk to me. And, and the so. best ever, as you'll appreciate this, is my New York buddies. I said, I know I've won when I get a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think hugs come, come too often in New York City. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I get them. I get them and I give them. So, Kate, you, were you going to say something else? I was going to say that's, that's very on point, too, with what Colin Egglesfield said. Right. Um, we had Colin Egglesfield on like two episodes ago. I know you guys know each other, Jeff, and that's mm -hmm. 
the reasons he came back to Chicago. It's one of the reasons I came back to Chicago. It's, it's one and the same. So yeah, really, really great. Blessings, blessings. So Jackson, we have a couple of uh, Starbucks gift card winners. Who are those two lucky people? <clears throat> yeah, so on the, on Zoom we have, and I, I apologize because I've never said this name before, uh, Alexandra uh, Bugs, 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 Bum? Bugs, Bum? Bugs, Bum. Bugs Bum. Bugs Bum. Got it. Nailed it. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, on Facebook Live, we have uh, Rick Gasser. All right. So here's the rule. So you learned a lot from Jeff. You guys were typing things in and, and really telling us what you learned and what you got from this interview. Our golden rule for all of you is to make sure you pass it on. Make sure you, how did Jeff inspire you? Make sure you tell and teach others, your thought leaders, your influencers out there. But also, those of you that have that Starbucks gift card, when you have that cup of coffee, you're not allowed to use that gift card without having somebody sit with you and tell them how this interview influenced you. So, Rick and, and Alexandra, hopefully you're committed to that uh, mission that we have in the world. And we're committed to each and every one of you really helping each other become influencers. And that makes you a true thought leader and influencer as you care and inspire those people. And Jeff, I just want to say thank you so much for being part of our family here. And, and you've really inspired us in many ways. And like I said, there's so many things I learned. I have like two pages of notes here. So we're definitely <laughs> going to get together. Uh, we'll do this again in, in other capacities. And again, just want to say how much we appreciate you having you on. Thank you. And my, I think it's hats off to you, Dean, Jackson, and Kate, and Social Jack. I've been to a lot of events where you guys are there, and you guys do great work. So I'm very happy to be uh, associated with you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, thank the, you. Uh, whole team here, was, we're, we're grateful to have them. Everybody works their butts off. And, and, uh, and, and again, we're inspired by uh, guests like you that we have on. So with that being said, we want all of you to go out and uh, help others. Uh, to be influencers like yourself. And Jeff, we will see you on all your social channels and uh, you'll have to come back and bring some good Oscar stories. So I definitely will. Sounds great. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll see you online. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.